East Coast Creepin' contains graphic and explicit content, which may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Good day, and welcome to our podcast, East Coast Creepin'. I'm Linda. I'm Lorraine. And I'm Leslie. We're three sisters from the Baltimore, Maryland area. Each week, Leslie will give her reaction to the true crime and paranormal stories that Lorraine and I tell from up and down the East Coast. As a reminder, we do not have a background in criminal justice, criminal investigation, medicine, or psychology. This is all for informative purposes. Hi. Hello. Hello. Good evening. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good day. I have two different pens. Peel it and point. Oh, Actually, right. Just one. What episode is this? Pick one of these. <laughs> Sixty-two. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, you're putting this one back. Yeah. Purple and orange go really good together. I know. I've probably done it a couple times. I think I need to buy <laughs> different pens. Uh, now I got the whip and nene song stuck in my head. Why? Watch me whip, whip, because I literally just watched a reel. With it on there. What was I do? Oh, I was looking at my Hogwarts house. <laughs> yeah, you were. <laughs> I had to figure out which email I used. Oh yeah, I. And then I had to reset my password because I couldn't remember my password. I do that every time with it because I only go <laughs> like once every two years. Yeah, and I'm, like, I'm like, wait. I'm like, how am I supposed to remember this? <laughs> What's She's my the same one for again? everything. I know my house. My house changed. Oh. When they switched over the the um site, yeah, yeah. my house changed. Mm. Mine's two different houses. Is yours two different houses? Mm-mm. Hmm. How are you in two different houses? Because it was like it it was like I was split or something like that. I can't remember exactly how, but it literally like my shield has two different houses on it or That's whatever. Cr- I didn't know it did that. Yeah. I don't remember what mine is. I used to be a Hufflepuff, but now I'm <laughs> Slytherin. She <laughs> would be a Hufflepuff. I think I'm a Hufflepuff. No, I'm not anymore. I do not associate that's, with that. That's Tonks, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I have, like, the my, what's it called? Patronus. Yeah. Is a Tonkinese cat. Ah. Yeah. The fact that I know that. <laughs> it's okay. <coughs> Nerd. Actually, that was one thing, because when we were at work, um, one of the colors that I absolutely loved, and I actually used it on my nails a couple times. It the was, yellow? No, 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 no. It's a burgundy color with, like, gold in it, and it's called Tonkinese Cat Eye. So it's a cat eye polish, and then when you, yeah, oh. so it's Tonkinese Cat Eye. I was like, and then right afterwards, I found out that, and I was like, ugh. This is why. <laughs> Synchronicities. <laughs> I'm always screaming that around the house, and Jonathan's like, stop it. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's not coincidence. <laughs> it's not a qui- qui- coincidence. <laughs> it's synchronicities. Okay. Are we ready? Yes, mm-hmm, yes, yes. Mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. Where are we Episode going? Episode 62. Yep, 62. Uh, downtown. Everything's waiting for North Carolina. Oh, <laughs> so I was trying. I was trying to shoot it. Like I was loading it. Did you actually hit North Carolina? I did. I don't know. Immediately oh, in the well, middle. Maybe you should be paying attention and not doing your Pottermore. I'm not doing my Pottermore. Yes. Stop coloring. No. 
North or south? <laughs> south. North. <laughs> I'm sorry. His bark scared me. Stop. It's okay. It's not your father playing with it. Rhode Island. Wrong. I hit the words. Vermont. You're okay. I know, baby. No- west or east? Uh, South. Jersey. Wait. I hit that Shit. one, too. That's one of the states. Okay. One of... It's not as bad. Okay, it's Stop. not as bad as Ow. some of the ones that we've done. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what I was trying to look up earlier, and I got distracted. All right. It wasn't that I didn't get more information. It's just I didn't get the information that I was looking for, but I did get more information altogether. But I'll look that up in a minute. What are you talking mm-hmm. about? Yeah, we don't know. We don't. We don't. We don't. <laughs> Okie dokie. Today, we are going to talk about a Joseph. Lee Brenner the third. Jesus Christ. Henry Lee Lucas the <laughs> fifty thousand. Joseph Lee Brenner the third. Yeah. That's like when beep. Oh shoot. Mm, that's you like, better bleep that out. I will. Did you she did you bleep any No, did you like did you not like the bleep that I did? When? When Linda was like when Linda said the name of a street around here and she was like, Oh, bleep that out. Bleep and I literally copied the bleep that she did and put it in the spot. <laughs> no, I didn't well, I haven't heard it either. I'm very It's in the cars episode. Oh yeah, no, I definitely didn't hear that. She it's literally like bleep Timeline Travesties. Maybe. I know what the car is. I literally I made like I went online and I found a way to make the beep in Reaper and then I was like Shit, let me just copy Linda's dumbass and paste it in here. So that's what I did. And I just, she just... <laughs> anyway. I don't know. Oh, my God. Continue. He was born on December 11th, 1935 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I could actually give you the hospital. No, that's all right. <laughs> Philadelphia General. Okay. His parents were, no, his parents were Joseph Lee Brenner Jr. and Judith Brenner. In 1937, his dad actually abandons the family, leaves mom, leaves kid. And so in December of that year, he was put into foster care. How rude. So he was put in foster care and then put up for adoption, like in that same time frame. Does it, I mean. Wait, what happened to the mom? Uh, the mom just put him up for adoption. Mm-hmm. Like she, was, oh. she was the one who put him in the foster care because she couldn't provide for him. So she was the one who put him in okay. foster care. All right. Yeah. So it says, like, it says that October of 1938, he was adopted by a Stephen and Anna Collinger. So his name then changes to Joseph Collinger. Collin- Collinger. 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 Okay. We're just going to call him Joseph. Joel. Don't you, Joel? So it's K-A-L-L-I-N-G-E-R. Collinger. K-A? K-A-L-L-I-N-G-E-R. Okay. The way you were pronouncing it, I thought it was a C-O. Collinger. 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 It is said, and very well noted, that his adoptive parents were very abusive. So he was adopted like little thing, little little thing, right? Mm-hmm. 
the ways that they would punish him was they would make him kneel on jagged rocks. What the? They locked him in closets. They made him consume excrement. Ah. Uh, they made him do self-injury. They would burn him with the iron. They would, if he would do something like stealing within the house or something like that, they would actually take his hand and put it on a lit stove. And we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. What the shit? Uh, he would be whipped with belts and he would be starved. At age nine, he was actually sexually assaulted by some neighborhood boys. I believe it said that they held him at knife point and then just like a group of them kind of started performing sex acts on him. By and so what I had actually read somewhere was that <gasps> if I go home and type this up. <laughs> oh my god. Well, because it's all over the place right now. Like seriously. So what were you talking about? We were nine at the part old. where he they were abusing him at nine years old. Yeah. Sexually assaulted by the group of kids. Oh, okay. So yeah, he was um, sexually assaulted by the neighborhood kids. I believe that it said at knife point. I'm not 100% sure, but I just know that it was a group of them. And it said that his parents actually adopted him because his dad was a shoemaker. So they <gasps> adopted him to use him when he got older to work at the shop, at, at the shoe repair shop. Interesting. Yeah. So that's why he was adopted. In 1943, he was actually kicked in the groin by a neighborhood girl. He said that it wasn't his fault. He didn't do anything to provoke it, but his parents didn't believe him and beat the shit out of him anyway. And then three weeks later, he ended up having to get surgery for a hernia oh. due to it. And then Ouch. the doctors actually told him that because of the surgery and all that stuff that they had to do, that his penis would not actually grow to be like a grown man's penis. And so he just kind of had like, from that point on, he just kind of had like, what's it called? <laughs> Erectile dysfunction? No. A baby penis? No. Like he he just felt like... Depression? He was inadequate. Like he just thought that's that he not what were. I thought you were going with this. Yeah, me either. What you, I don't know. Do I don't know. Going? I literally um, have no clue. I I lit. I, but not that. I said erectile dysfunction. That yeah, was my first. No, thought. it wasn't anything medical wrong with him. He literally thought that his penis just didn't grow, which was like far from the truth. Like he, it did actually do whatever. This is what doctors said. Like he just in his mind believed that he had this like five-year-old penis on this like grown man's body when he got older okay that comes into play later i was gonna say something's happening with um, so then in 1945 <laughs> apparently it was something about like he got pissed off at his classmates because nobody got him a present for his birthday so he decided to cut up everybody's coat okay um <laughs> <laughs> what yeah he just was like chop 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 you didn't buy me a present chop 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 and then in 1949, it said that he wrote, he decided to get on a bus and he was riding the bus. He had like knife in hand and he sees this guy getting off the bus. Now, how old the person is, I'm not 100% sure, but he decides to follow this guy off the bus and decides to hold the knife up to the guy and like, you're going to have sex with me. So then, but it's the other way around. So he decides to perform oral on this guy 
And then when the guy like puts it in Joseph's mouth, he bites it. <gasps> Jesus Christ. <What> the? <laughs> While holding the knife up to him. So he's like, no, this, this, and this. And then the guy like does it and he goes, and like bites it. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm saying like, again, this all stems from like the surgery. I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> I mean, that's not that horrible. I don't know. Um, and then it worse. says that he was like, I mean, for good reason. He was pretty rebellious. Again, like later on, like when he's, I guess, preteen, teenager age, he wants like the neighborhood kids to like him, kids that are his age and stuff like that. So he decides to steal money from his parents and his parents find out. So they take him into the kitchen, turn on the stove, make it hot and then put his hand on it. And he decides that trying to make friends is greater than being hurt. So he continues to steal the money anyway. And so each time they just keep burning his hand. Ooh. And it was done, like, I think they said six different times. Oh, no. And he was just like, screw it. I want to have friends. I want to pay for them to go to the movies with me. So I'd rather get my hand burned than not have friends. Why am I having deja vu? Did someone else pay for their friends to go to the movies by stealing shit? Like one of us? No. No. <laughs> What the hell? <laughs> One of Linda's stories. Not that I know of. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I again, I feel like all the people that I have are kind of like in the same book of crazies. So yeah, I know. I don't know. It was a puck. I don't geez. know. So like at age 14, 14, 15-ish, 13, 14, 15. But he was like in the ninth grade and he decided that he wanted to be a playwright. Oh, mm-hmm. And he was actually uh, casted as Ebenezer Scrooge in the WYCA A Christmas Carol. Hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. While he continued to go to the theater at age 15, he met his first love, Hilda. Um, His parents rejected their relationship together. Okay. Why? But at well, they she was crazy, probably. No, they just wanted control of him. They got him for one reason and one reason alone. Anytime that he did anything wrong, like they made him eat poop. Like yeah, that's fucked so. Up. It doesn't even have to be any good reason whatsoever. Any reason at all. Like if somebody did something to him, they're like, no, you must have done something, and then they would beat him. Okay. So they just didn't want Assholes. him being in a relationship and. At age 17, he goes off and gets married with her, and they end up having two children together. Ooh. What was her name? Hilda. Hilda. They end up separating for domestic abuse reasons, but I believe they filed, like, because he said infidelity, and she says that he's abusive. Well, she says abuse, but also that his inability to sexually perform. Which I had also read that when he was younger, if he decided to masturbate, he had to be, because of everything that he had gone through, like with the neighborhood kids and everything going on in his life, he actually had to be holding a knife in his hand in order to become sexually aroused. Mm. Or in order for him to start, he had to have like pictures of like people and then would start stabbing the pictures and then that would get him aroused and then he could continue with masturbation. <laughs> He's a serial killer in the making. <laughs> That's yeah. not one. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so. Ah, she, switching. Yeah, so she ends up leaving him for another guy. 
And I believe they end up having like joint custody of their two children. So then September 1957, he is hospitalized due to headaches and loss of appetite. And they realize that it is due to all the stress and everything like that because of the divorce. Oh, okay. This is a hot mess express. April 20th, 1958, he remarries. I do have the woman's name somewhere, but it's not. 1958. That's what I thought you he ends up remarrying, and they have five children together. Holy what? shenanigans. I thought he doesn't work. I don't know. That's just what they, that's what she said. I don't know what happened. Maybe he got it to work. It was a very volatile situation. I don't know, man. Oh, Lord have mercy. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. That's a lot of kids. Yeah. Seven. So continuing the trend of family abuse he decides to start doing these things to all of his children as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everything that he was raised up in, he's doing himself. He's a shoemaker, just like his dad is. And anytime that the kids do anything wrong, he decides to go after them. So he would sit there and... What was it? Oh, at one point, he, his daughter had run away. And when she had come back home, he ended up branding her leg for running away. Uh, There was a time that I think it was like his oldest of the younger five that she was 15 minutes late and he pulled her pants down and made the family sit there and watch as he beat her with like a paddle or something. If he didn't like what the kids were doing, he would take a hammer and hit their knees with the handle of the hammer. What the fuck? And then... He, he would tie, like, two of the boys to a radiator and beat them. He would tie the girl to a bedpost and beat the mess out of her and all of this stuff. So then in 1972, three of the kids went to the police and filed abuse charges. Oh, wait, wait, wait. But, okay, yes, we'll, we'll do that. We'll, we'll, like, talk more about that in a minute. But, yeah, we're going to take a step back. May 21st, 1963, he decides that he is going to light the basement of their house on fire. What the fuck? And is this a fire drill? <laughs> yeah, sure. We'll say fire drill. <laughs> that happens. Come put it out, whatever. Claims insurance. And the insurance company gives him $15,000. Four days later, he does it to the second floor of their home, which actually his business and his house are like business on the bottom, houses on the top. So he did it to the second floor of his home and he puts a claim with the insurance. Insurance gives him another $15,000. Don't you think they'd be a little suspicious of the fact that it's like, oh, one floor burnt, that's it. Now the next floor burnt, that's it. But he's a shoemaker, so things are highly flammable in there. Are they? The glue and stuff like that? How are they not? I don't know. You gonna be wearing a shoe that's gonna just... Yes. Okay. I don't know. I'm not a shoemaker. Exactly. High fumes and all that stuff? Yes. I didn't get high off of some glue. Oh my God. Jesus Christ. (laughs) What? (laughs) So then August 15th, 1965, the first floor of their home, he ends up lighting on fire and he gets eleven thousand dollars from that where are you gonna live now homeboy in his house your roasted toasted marshmallow of a goddamn house 
Well, he does the same thing on October 3rd, mm. 1967, but the insurance company then becomes suspicious of these these <laughs> um, now? fires, and they do not give him a payout. Oh, man. Took him long enough. Stupid heads. Yep. So then, now skipping forward, the kids end up going to the police, okay? Three of his children end up... Can you stop? Okay. <laughs> so his one son is 12 years old it's joseph jr his other son which is nine years old and then his 13 year old girl which is the one that was uh branded mm-hmm. and they were the ones who went to the police and they went to the police with a 19 year old neighborhood boy which people say was possibly the boyfriend of the 13 year old girl but hey. they're not 100 percent sure the kids had filed the abuse charges with the police and said that they were scared to go home. That, you know, all of these things are happening. They gave statements to the police. The neighbor had said that while the kids were over playing one day, the dad comes to the house, like, waving around a gun and telling them that they needed to come home right away, that they weren't allowed to be there anymore. And he was like, yeah, no, these things have actually happened. Like, he just doesn't care. This was in the wind? 1972 okay that's what i thought okay that happens right right he's arrested when he's arrested they do a psych eval of him and he's diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia Mm. he is also said to have an iq of 82 and they decide the courts decide that he should be required to have supervised visitation with the family or none okay so then the children, I, I forget, like, but somewhere it said that he was released prior to the trial. Uh-huh. So he ends up going back home. And after all that, like, something happens where the children end up recanting their statements. And they go on the book saying that everything that they had told the police prior to was a lie. Oh, no, 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 no. And so then they're saying... He was going to murder them. Yeah. He's probably still going to murder them now. Yeah. So he, like, the kids end up telling the police that, like, oh, we lied. And even though the police, like, ended up doing interviews with the kids again and stuff like that, they never changed their statements from the second time that they were interviewed. They all said, no, we lied. No this, no that, blah, blah, blah. So they end up letting him go. They, I think they find him, they find him, or they, they don't find him guilty. He ends up serving seven months in jail anyway because of the time that he was being held. They kind of wipe his slate clean. Like, they, they take all the charges away from him. What was What gets me is that, like, they probably showed the police, like, their scars and shit. Well, and that was the thing. The police had, okay, that's the thing. The police had taken them to the hospital and the injuries that they had on their body went with the statements that the children had made. But then when they went to talk to the mom and the dad, they were like, oh, the kids just ran away. So they probably have injuries of them running. Uh, they probably have injuries from when they were missing from home. Mm. A branding on your ankle is not. Especially yeah. something that's been there for years. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Or wherever it was on her body. I don't like even her know leg. at this point. Yeah, if it was her leg, her thigh, like, 
he apparently would take a hot iron, like a hot spatula, so metal spatula to her butt and stuff like that. And oh, no, like, no, just no. Things like Regardless, that. it's been at yeah. least five years since this thing's been on her fucking body. Yeah. It happened way before they the running ran away. away. Yeah. And so because the children had said that they lied, there was nothing that they could hold because then they no longer had witnesses or anything like that. The police were still suspicious of him, but there was nothing that they could do at this point. Yeah. Not too long after that, he ends up putting an insurance policy out on two of his boys. It was around that same time, like it was within that same year, one of the boys goes missing. And it just so happened that the boy that went missing was also the boy who had initially filed the charges against the dad. So kids nowhere to be found. Dad goes to police, says, my son's missing. Don't know what's happening. Joseph Jr. is gone. Like, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? Did they find him? The police didn't find him, but then there was a building that was going to be demolished. And as they were, like, doing all this stuff, finding everything, or going through the house, they end up finding the kid's body Mm -hmm. in there. But... How long ago after... I think it was two weeks after the kid had Mm -hmm. went missing. So, kid goes missing, and these construction men find the body. But the body had already been badly damaged from them starting the demolition Mm -hmm. that they couldn't really say what the injuries were from. Yeah, like what killed him. Yeah, but later on it said that he had drowned and was left in the abandoned building Hmm. because they knew that it was going to be demolished. Mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So as soon as he found out that... um, He put a claim on him? Yep, he put a claim on him. Mm-hmm. Insurance company was like, uh-uh-uh, no, something's not right about this. And he was like, you can't tell me something's not right. I have an insurance policy out on two of my kids, and only one of them went missing and died. So it's not me. I'm not committing fraud. My son went missing and died. That has nothing to do with me. But he was supposed to get, like, I think, like, $45,000 for the kids each. And then if, some like, something... I can't remember how it was, but it was supposed to be, like, 45000 and then... And however, whatever they died, then it was supposed to be paid three times more. Mm-hmm. So the insurance company was like, I'm not, we're, we're not giving you the money. Like, yes, the kid died. Yeah, it doesn't say how he died. Like, there, it's undetermined. Wouldn't you, but- as an insurance company, be a little wishy-washy about this, considering that, you know, he claimed, I'm, I'm not assuming that it's the same company. But with the fire happening. Well, and I think that's why they were so like, "Mm," because they could, I feel like even if it wasn't with the same company, that they would be able to see that he had put out insurance claims prior to. Yeah. And the thing was, is like, not just that, but because they said you have seven kids, you have five from one, two for the other, and you only put insurance out for these two kids. And he's like, well, yeah, they're my two most reckless children. So, of course, I'm going to put a life insurance policy out on them because they're reckless. And they're like, mm, no, sir. No, sir. Mm. I know yeah. who mom and dad would have had an insurance policy on. Me and Linda. Oh, for sure. 100%. Well, I mean, park car over here. Hmm? Leave me alone. No, I'm talking about her. That was one time. 
one time and it wasn't, wasn't my enough. fault it was the bike's fault <laughs> not like i did it on purpose unlike you two who always did shit on purpose hey yeah i never you. got hurt other people got hurt i was gonna say i never got hurt uh, yeah I you did rollerblades <laughs> okay but i didn't get, get, a, get her out the street <laughs> i didn't get a concussion I didn't have any broken bones. Okay, maybe the one time I was skateboarding. I've never broken a bone in my body. I don't know what you're talking about. You broke your face. Um, I literally broke all my toes for Leslie and her friends. That's fine. I don't remember this. It I was do. your birthday party and you were in the basement and mom told me to go downstairs and get she you all. She slid across the kitchen from, and her for feet pizza. Into the cabinet. Mm-hmm. And I slid across the kitchen floor oh and I God. smashed all my toes into the cabinet. And then two weeks later, when I was still walking like a goddamn weirdo, my parents decided to take to me get x-rays. And then the bitch with the popsicle sticks, does this hurt? And I'm like, yeah, I'm screaming for a reason. <laughs> Just to get you to tell you and your little do-do-do friends there was some pizza in the house. Well, thank you. It's probably the one that we love. So <laughs> I don't remember. All I know is it hurt. <laughs> Continue. Two months after Joey died... Michael is found wandering the streets, oh, not Jesus. knowing a damn thing. He got hit in the head. Mike, Michael was the younger one. The younger that one that had, had a, a, an insurance claim on? Yeah. He got busted in him. Yeah. <laughs> when the police sit there and they're like, okay, this is weird because your brother just died under suspicious reasons. Do you know what happened to you? He had, like, injuries to his head. And when they kept asking him, they... They said that he had amnesia, and so he was like, I don't know. And they're like, you don't know what happened to you. He's like, I can't remember anything. Like, I don't even know where I am, kind of thing. They had suspicions, but again, they didn't know because... He don't know. Yeah, he he couldn't say anything. Did they take this kid away from the parents? I believe that after that, he was put into... Foster care? No, a reformatory. Reformatory. But he was, like, let back to the home. They did do an evaluation on him and said that he was disturbed, but he ended up going back home. I don't... I can't remember how long he was there for. Leslie's disturbed. Around the same time, Joseph had claimed that he started hearing voices and that it was the voice of God and that God was... Why? Just because he's got schizophrenia? Now he's been diagnosed with schizophrenia? So Big Joseph... Yes. yes, big the Joseph. Other, the, the other one's dead. dead. I thought Joey was the one that was just walking around. That was Michael. Michael. Oh, Joey was it. the one that was the body found in okay, the okay, abandoned okay. place. Okay, okay. You back? Yeah, I'm back. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. tired. <laughs> Shit, now you got me all whatever. He hears voices of God. Oh, yeah, Jesus saying, is in his head. He, he, no, God's God. in his head. Um, so he says he hears all these voices and stuff like that. Voices telling him that he needs to kill boys and that he needs to sever their penis off of the bodies. Oh, no, 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 no. He starts later on. He starts telling his one son, Michael. And Michael's like, oh, you want to do that? I'll do it with you. What? Yeah. Because he doesn't want it happening to him. That's why he's going to help his dad. Yeah, so because of everything going on with Michael, with Joseph, the police decide that they're going to start following him. He realizes that the police are following him, and he actually files charges against the police department for harassment. 
Mm. He's like, they're going after me because of this. They don't have any cause. I was found not guilty. Kids drop charges, blah, 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 blah. Lawyer says the same thing. They actually win a case against the, the police department. The court sided with him and said that it was harassment and they need, the police department needed to leave him alone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's when you go on a marked vehicle. Just saying. <laughs> my eyes are so sleepy. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I gotta eat some ice cubes. Keep me time. awake. It's almost your bedtime. We're good. I gotta edit. I don't got time for that. Where the hell did it go? Holy shit. How do I not have the date on this? Oh. Okay, there you go. November of 1974. The crime spree because he ends up talking to his son, Michael, about all of this. His son, Michael, is 12 at the time, and they start a six-week span of penis just craziness. Cutting. No, just craziness in general. So it what goes, did you say penis what? Cutting. Oh. I don't know what I thought you said. So it starts on November 22nd of that year, and they first hit in New Jersey in a home where no one's home. They end up burglarizing it, and then they leave with stuff. Two weeks later, they hit PA. Uh, not too long after that, they hit another home in Baltimore. And then I believe they end up going back to New Jersey again. So it ends up being four different families that were robbed, sexually abused, sexually assaulted. And each time that he goes to these houses, he knocks on the door. And the the victims that they look for are usually young, attractive women. And if there's children in the home, they are more likely to go after them. And I'll explain this in a minute, but they're more likely to go after them. And so when they say they knock on the door, they say, hey, I'm a salesman. I work for John Hancock Insurance. You know, can I come in? And then like when they say, are the Joneses home or something like that? Something happens where they end up holding a knife to the woman, pushing their way in and then attempting to sexually assault these people. Interesting. Yeah. So it was four different families in four different states? No. Three different states, four different okay. families. Two of them happened, I believe, in New Jersey. Okay. And then I think one said, like, Homeland, Maryland, Philly, Pennsylvania, or around that area. And then I can't remember exactly where the other two, but it was within, like, a six-week period. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. And they're in Philly, right? That's yes. where they live. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are in Philly. So he ends up just bouncing around a lot. But he stays pretty close. I was going to say, that's not that far. Yeah. Yeah, Philly's it, not far from here. It's all just like a, a little loop. So. A lot of tolls, though. <laughs> at that <laughs> No. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> nope. Leslie missed it. It came out your mouth halfway. <laughs> I was trying to see where Homeland was in Maryland. They said it's a suburb of Baltimore. Yeah, it's a, it's like Taos, like south of Towson. Yeah, out by Druid Hill. It's like between that. Ah, okay. Between those two, out by Sinai, it looks like sort of. Okay. Notre Dame University of Maryland. There you go. It's Homeland. I just never. I've never heard of that. Yeah. I hadn't either. And like, then it said that it was a suburb of Baltimore. I was like, okay, fine. If you say so, I'll yeah, you. You tell me Drew a Hill, I know where we're going. 
Tell me, Hamda, I know where we're going. Homeland, what? <laughs> so then, <Yes. laughs> the big one. I think it's, I believe it's pronounced Leonia, New Jersey. But January 8th, 1975, a man and a, young, a younger looking boy go up to a house and knock on the door. A woman opens the door and... Oh, Jesus Christ. I wrote man and young boy go up to a house, not realizing that, yeah, it's Joseph and Michael. Anyways, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, so basically, Joseph and Michael end up going to the front door of his home. They knock on it, and it's just Michael at this point, because from what they understand, Joseph ends up standing back toward, like, more towards the street, so they only see the boy at first. And then the boy knocks and says something to the effect, like, are the Joneses home or something like that. When he sees that it's a lady, he approaches the door and Joseph says, I'm a salesman for John Hancock Insurance. And so she's very uneasy because of the way that they're dressed and everything like that. She says that they smell kind of funny, like it's a very distinct smell. And when she asks them to leave, she's like, we don't want this. Like, please go. They end up pulling a revolver out of the... he ends up pulling a revolver out of his jacket and pushes his way into the house. She starts fighting back and saying, you know, get out. I don't want you here, blah, 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 blah. So they're going back and forth. She's resisting. And then all of this is going down. And her son actually comes out from the other room, which he's four years old. And he oh. sees all of this going down and he just starts screaming. So this little four-year-old boy sees all this going on with his mom, and he just starts screaming. So then Joseph realizes that the boy's right there, points his gun at the kid, and he's like, let us in. And because she's freaking out now, saying he's going to kill my baby, she backs up a little bit. The um, Michael ends up closing the door, and then he pushes them in, and he like grabs her by the hair and starts telling her, like, anybody else in the house, you know, blah, blah, blah. So then she's like, yeah. She says that her grandmother's upstairs in a bedroom. So they end up taking her upstairs. They check to see grandmother's bedridden, so they don't really think anything of her. Then he ends up taping up her face. So this lady's face, he ends up taping up the lady's face, so that way... Not the grandmother, the, not the, grandmother. the woman that opened... Okay. Yeah, the woman who opened the door. Hold on. Do I have her name? No, I don't have her name. Randy, maybe her name is? No, Randy's later. So the lady who opened the door, he ends up taping her mouth and her eyes, and I believe her nose as well. And so he asked then if anybody else is supposed to be coming home. She nods her head yes. I think he she said that he stuffed like a sock in her mouth as well and then like taped it up. And then he makes her undress, ends up binding her legs and her feet and has her laying on the bed. So she starts freaking out because at this point she doesn't hear her son anymore. She doesn't know what's going on. But when she's finally laid on the bed, she hears her son talking to the guy and like trying to resist while he's making the little boy undress. Mm -hmm. So then he then makes the little boy lay back to back with her or something like that and ends up binding the little boy. So the little boy is also naked. But at this point, she's just fine with the fact that her son is alive and next to her. Right. She doesn't know what's up with the grandmother, but then the guy goes to sexually assault her, realizes that she's on her period, and wants nothing to do with her. So 
that happens and right as that's happening i think that they said that she believed that he was going to go then kill the grandmother but then the doorbell rings and he goes downstairs with the kid they open the door and it's actually the owner of the home which is Didi. no Didi is the one okay so Didi is the one Didi is the one that ends up being bound so then the person who comes to the home her name is actually randy so Randy comes home and he opens the door for her. She's like, she's looking at him. She's like, the fuck are you doing in my house? So then he points a gun at her and he's like, we're robbing you guys. Get in here now. They close the door, lock it How behind How did they her. know who she was? Well, they don't know. They don't know her, but they had been walking. This was supposed to be later, but they had been canvassing the neighborhood earlier, going from house to house to house, seeing who was in. So they're watching these people go in and out of the house. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know, like he knows that she lives there, but he doesn't know who owns the house or anything like yeah. that. He just knows that these people are the been ones going in and, in and out. out of the house okay. because he's been there all morning, mm. like watching the whole neighborhood. Right. And he's been, again, going to these different houses, playing the same game. Uh. He ends up taking her hostage. He robs her of her jewelry and forces her upstairs as well. He makes her undress and binds her. And then he attempts to sexually assault her as well. But Randy is also on her period. So he decides not to do anything with her either. As a household woman, they all going to be on their period. <laughs> right? Just saying. Not grandma. Well, you don't know that. Well, that's why. She I may know. not hit menopause yet. Then... Edwina, which is Dee Dee and Randy's mom, Rita, which I believe is Randy's twin, and Frank, which is like the husband of Randy or something like he's he's some he fits in there somewhere. They end up coming home together. The guy answers and has like so Joseph ends up answering the door and he tells them I'm robbing the house. You're coming in now. So he forces them all into, I believe, the living room area and makes them lay all out. Mm -hmm. I believe he makes the female strip naked and then he bounds them together as well. So their hands and feet. As he's doing that, he's taking off their jewelry, takes off their rings, necklaces, bracelets, whatever. He does all of this. He ends up like pulling the gun on them while telling them to do all of this. And then he has Frank laying down on the floor with them in the living room area. After he had done all of that, Edwina and Rita end up getting their hands free, but they decide to hold off because he's still in the living room. He has the knife and the gun, so they're just kind of waiting for the opportune moment. Where's Michael at this time? Michael? He's sitting... He literally, when I was reading this, he's just standing in the background watching all of this happen. He's just going from room to room, closing doors behind his dad. Like, the (laughs) whole time. Like, he'll just sit there and take the jewelry off the people right but as far as like holding the knife or gun does nothing doesn't say a word he'll just like do whatever he follows his dad around the whole time so then as they're like doing all of this with the three in the living room area the doorbell rings again and it ends up being a lady named maria she's 21 years old and she's dressed all white white shoes apparently she's a nurse Different accounts say that she saw the guy, I guess, saw like how he was like that. He had a knife and gun and she was like, leave the family alone. Don't do this to them. Like they've already gone through enough because 
the husband of Edwina was in the hospital from a heart attack that he had suffered like two weeks prior. So he was just on the mend. And the whole family was together just trying to get through it together. Right. And then the grandmother was sick as well. And she was like bed bound. So Maria was supposed to be coming to take care, I believe, of the grandmother. And she was also a neighbor. Mm -hmm. But she just keeps telling him like to get out. And then so accounts say that she started saying that to him as soon as he opened up the door and she saw what it was. And then other things say that she didn't tell him that until he was like, I'm robbing the house. Get in here now. And then that's when she started saying to him, no you're going to get out right now. Like, you can't be doing this to the family. So from the get, she was, like, very resistant to everything that was happening. She keeps telling him to, like, he needs to leave the family alone, and he ends up binding her as well. So he he uses, like, cords from around the house. He'll cut the cords off of, like, lamps and stuff like that and uses that to tie up the people. He felt that Frank was a threat, so he decides to take Frank and put Frank in the basement next to the furnace. He covers up Frank's face with tape so it's covering his mouth his nose his eyes so that way like nothing happens and then when he puts frank in the basement next to the furnace he actually drops his pants so i think frank was the only one clothed at that time makes him drop his pants to make him feel vulnerable and then has him lay on the floor next to the furnace and then frank says that the furnace had ended up cutting on so there really wasn't anything that he could hear because all he could hear was the sounds of the furnace right and then everything else was muffled after that Joseph ends up moving Maria down to the basement because she was so resistant and so rebellious about the whole thing, which he didn't want to deal with her. Yeah. (laughs) So he didn't want to deal with her. And then Frank says, I don't know if she actually screamed or not. I kind of heard faint screams, but the rest of the house said that they heard her screaming and that she was screaming, help, I'm drowning. And then she had said something else. And when Edwina, so Edwina's the mom yeah. Of the girls had heard her scream. She freaked out. Mind you, okay, remember, she's naked. She freaked out, got up because her hands aren't bound anymore, and hopped out the front door. What? Yeah, she just went out the front door because Michael's downstairs with his dad, watching all of this, go, watching whatever's going down go down. Her legs are still bound, so she hops out the front door. She's in her front yard screaming. Her neighbors see her, call 911. Then Michael screams to his dad, one of them got loose. And so they take off running. And then the police show up and they start looking around. The family is safe. Maria ends up dying. She has a slit throat. Holy shit. A stab into her heart. So she she was stabbed on her left breast and then her left armpit like below her left Mm -hmm. armpit and so he had hit her heart and punctured her lung so the blood filling up and all that stuff but yeah she ended up dying from blood loss jeez yeah so she was 21 (laughs) a lady that was walking her dog in the area ends up seeing the two run through a park they see him like run past this kid that was at a basketball court and she's watching them. She realizes that he takes off his coat. And then he ta- he has the boy hold the coat. He takes off his shirt. And he's bending over doing something. So then leaves the shirt, puts the coat back on. And then they take off running out of the park. 
She goes over and realizes that it ha- it's a blood-stained shirt, and she believes that he had also used the puddle to wash the blood off of his hands. She talks to a boy that's on the basketball court about like their odd behavior, and she ends up calling the police about that. So they go to that area, and they find out that... So, obviously, police are called. They go to the house, do everything there, make sure everybody is okay. And then they get the description of them, but then they get this phone call about the clothes being left, and they find that the shirt's left there. There's a footprint in the mud right next to where the puddle was that the hands were cleaned off right. in. They canvas like a larger portion of the area and they find jewelry that had been like dropped off and they literally follow this trail of stuff. They find, I believe, the knife around the same area <laughs> and the gun around the same area and they follow it to a bus stop. So they're seeing all this trail go to a bus stop and then after doing some interviews and stuff later on the bus driver was like oh yeah no there were guys by this description they got on the bus i took them here they seemed like they were in a rush they seemed like they had just got done running they did were they go back run. to their house but the thing is is like they had the description but they don't know who it is and the shirt that was left actually had a laundry tag on it but they couldn't read it because it was dirty. Right. So they took it in. Like, does forensics and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And so not too long afterwards, they found the name K-A-L-I-N-G-E-R. And so when they ran that in the system, they didn't find anybody in the system. that had, two L's. Yeah. So they didn't find anybody in the system. Just saying. Gary yeah. Hodnick. <laughs> Spelled yeah. that shit all kinds of wrong. Never found him once. <laughs> True. So one (laughs) with everything, with all of that, the police end up having the description. They send out a description to the surrounding areas and they end up getting four different hits, which are the ones, the houses that he had burglarized prior (gasps) to like the six weeks prior. So they realize (laughs) that it's four separate assaults. They have the same MO. And then again, all of them say, kid comes to the door, asks this, and then the guy would force his way in if a woman answered. One woman had been tied to her bed, and one was actually ladies that were coming in for a bridge game. So I think one woman <laughs> was home, and then as each woman came in, I so it was like four women, so at each different time, he would actually, when the woman would come in, he would force them to undress, he would make them, like, he would position them and, like, Things that would make them feel uncomfortable, like Mm -hmm. very exposed ways, have them bound and everything like that. And then from that one with jewelry and I believe money, he had actually stolen $20,000 worth of goods. Holy moly. Um, And I think another house that he had gone to, he got away with $5,000 worth of goods. And each time that he did that, he had actually gotten away. They both had gotten away on a bus. Mm -hmm. One of the assaults, Joseph had actually told one of the women, I'm going to leave you here. You're going to allow my son to do whatever he wants to you. But the woman said that when he tried to commit the sexual assault, that he actually couldn't stay erect. So, like, nothing came of it. Like, any time that he attempted, it just, it wouldn't happen. So, like, nothing ended up actually happening to her. (sighs) Yeah. On January 14th, so this is a week after all of this happened, 
a lady had called in, which they said that they started getting a lot of calls saying that this pair was like around the area. But a lady had called in saying that two people had broken into her house and knocked her out, but nothing was actually stolen. And the police were like, what the hell? Like, for somebody to do this in the area so close, like, a week afterwards, that's really ballsy. And they ended up finding out that it was just a hoax. That she was doing it for her own personal reasons. Oh, my God. I hope they arrested her bitch ass. Yeah. Waste of my time. Can I just tell you that I did not look into that because that was really irritating. I was like... <laughs> so then when they ended up finding the laundry mark one of the guys had actually one of the detectives had ended up wanting to do like he was just so determined because i guess of how everything went down and finding out that there were four other assaults he ended up doing the footwork himself and they had found out the place that the shirt was sold which was like one store in an area that wasn't too far away no in philly so he found out that it was like one store that sold it in philly when they went to philly and asked them about it they're like yeah we do sell this but we don't remember who came in and got it like we don't know like this is our shirt but we have no idea who we sold it to. right so the guy was like damn I mean, he started talking to people in the area because obviously, like, since he narrowed it down, yeah, they could kind of find out like the general area. So then they start calling police departments in the area and police are like, no, 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 no. And then he ends up getting a hit because when he calls one of the police departments, they're like, well, we don't have like anything in our system by that, that spelling but the name itself we do. And he was like, this is a guy that we've had our eyes on for a bit. And like, this is, it's with two L's and not one. Did they give him a description of the person? And then they were like, oh no, yeah, that's the guy. Yeah. So they ended up confirming that it was him, but in order for them to make sure they had to, again, continue to do the footwork. So because they had narrowed down on the area even more, Mm -hmm. they ended up going to laundry laundry like services in that area and like talking to cleaners and stuff like that and one of the cleaners like oh yeah no i know that guy this is what he looks like so again they confirmed it Mm -hmm. and they're like well how come you know the name is spelled like this on the tag he's like oh well our tagger can only fit eight letters so we had to cut off one of the letters of it so we only put one L versus anything else Mm -hmm. Uh uh-huh and so that's again how they confirmed it and they're like yeah no he owns a shoe shop like his shoe shop is not too far Mm -hmm. from here and his house is an apartment right above it and they're like damn we got him so they sat there doing all this stuff they ended up finding out also about the abuse charges his house it was located in Kensington, Pennsylvania. He ends up being arrested. Wait, where'd it go? I'm missing a page. Oh, sugar. But he ends up being arrested. And then in August of 1975, he has a psych evaluation. And that's when he comes out saying that I have this, this, and this. God's telling me to do this, but Satan's also telling me to do this. And, oh, fuck, no, where did I write it? It's here somewhere. I really do have it. (laughs) It's okay, Linda. We know you have a lot of papers. I do have a lot of papers. I was going to say, if you were, like, uh, I can't even think of the word, organizing it. 
it's understandable while some of it's not completely organized. If that makes any sense. Like how when you clean. Oh, here we go. Oh, okay. Okay, here we go. <sighs> January 17th, 1975. It is approximately 9.30 p.m. And the police have a warrant for not just Joseph, but Michael and James arrest. Why Michael and James, you ask? Because James is one of the younger children. Because the description of the child, once they looked into it, had fit not just Michael, but also James. With the longer, sandy blonde hair and the height and How old was James? I want to say James was only like... Probably a couple years younger yeah, than maybe Michael. like two years younger than him or something. So they were around the same height and everything. Yeah. When the police end up going into the home, they find Michael and James. And they do a whole search of the house and don't find Joseph. But they realize that there is a hole in the wall that is cut out that actually leads to Joseph's mother's house, which is next door. So his abusive mother lives next door. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> They go into the mother's house and find that Joseph is on the phone with his lawyer and they arrest him in there. And he says, I'm not talking to you unless my my lawyer is present. But they do end up getting him. He is charged with the murder of Maria, armed robbery, wounding, kidnapping, rape and theft. When they have them at the station... And they're talking to all three of them. They're walking Joseph through the station. And when he sees Michael sitting there, he looks at Michael and he is like, if you tell them anything, I'll kill you. Okay, why do we not also get something like that? Because that's a threat on someone's life. And he says it right in a freaking police station. Who said that? Joseph to Michael. Oh, okay. Joseph. Okay. They're walking Joseph. No, I thought that was the youngest son that said it to. No. No. But they, I'm, so, well, I'm so confused. They end up interviewing all three of them. They find out that James has nothing to do with it, has right. no idea what's going on, and they think that they're going to be able to break Michael, and he's not giving up anything. They're like, we don't know if it was the threat that his dad made against him or if it was just the fact that he was that loyal to his father. Or but, that fucking traumatized. Yeah. Well, and that's what they were saying. So they kept at it, but he never changed his story. He never said anything about it. When they did a search of Joseph's home, they ended up finding more jewelry. And that was so that they ended up finding more jewelry that connected him to the robberies and the assaults. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Including the one in Jersey. And the wife is like, he would never. He would never do that. Those, we've had those. Those those don't belong okay. to those people. But it was like things that specifically belong to these people that they had said prior to. And Joseph and his lawyer were like, no, they have it out for Joseph. They've had it out for him ever since his son's death. He was found not guilty of that. And this is just harassment again. Right. Yeah. So then he ends up having his psych eval August 1975 on... September 8th, 1975, he ends up having a second trial because his first trial was actually a mistrial due to the jury. Oh, what did they do? I Ran think, their mouths? I think so, or like something happened. I think somebody in the jury said something. It was like the picking of the jury, and I can't really remember, but it might have been like somebody had already 
had like predetermined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they were like, no, mistrial. And so they had to have another one. And on September 18th in Pennsylvania, he was found guilty for robbery, kidnapping, and burglary and got 40 years for that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then September 13th, 1976, he's actually extradited and his trial starts. So then September 23rd of that same year. So what is that? 10 days later, he is on trial for the Leonia, however you pronounce it, victims. I'm really sorry for that area. I'm butchering it. But so Maria and then the family. Mm-hmm. And the defense is saying that the reason why he went crazy and all of these things were happening, not just because of his... Schizophrenia. Yeah. Not just the trauma, but because he had grown up and still works in the chemicals with, like, the glue and the fumes of it, that it's making him go crazy. It melted his brain. Basically. But Mm -hmm. on October 13th, he is actually found guilty and given life in prison. And his son, Michael, is sent to a reformatory. Yeah. And he was on probation until he turned 25. And once he turned 25, he was let go and actually changed his name and moved out of state. Okay. I was going to be like, is he better now? Yep. But I'm assuming probably. Yeah. So after he got his life sentence, I believe that there were other things. I don't know if they ended up actually charging him for the death of his son because that had never gone to trial. So I feel like that he was charged for the death of his son. Oh, that's what the other thing was. When he first told his son about everything that was going on, his uh, Michael, about everything that was going on. And Michael was like, all right, bet. Let's do this. Right. So Mm -hmm. they start scoping their own town out and end up finding a kid in the neighborhood on the playground. They sexually assault him, cut his penis off and then just leave him there. What the hell? Oh and they were never they were never like yeah, charged or anything. They they weren't I don't believe that they were even suspects in it. And I I think that he ended up confessing to it later or something like that. So he ends up I believe being charged for that, but yeah. So it was like this little boy in the neighborhood. I think he was 9 <sighs> or something. Yeah. And so that's what kind of started everything else because that was prior to the burglaries that he had done right so then march of 1977 while in jail he decides to light himself on fire he pours lighter fluid i don't know how he got the fluid but he pours like lighter fluid or something all over his body lights himself on fire and then cracks an egg over his own head saying that he is trying to cook eggs what the fuck Mind you, uh, going, like, every day. I can't anymore. They said every day going up until his his trial, he just would act more and more like he was insane because he was trying to plead insanity. Uh, But the courts found him competent. Mm -hmm. And they were like, no, he 100% knew what he was doing up until what he did. Like, he knew. He's He's not insane. He's not crazy. He knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah. I always love that when, like, People who are completely sane try to plead insanity. But then, like, there's a show. I don't remember what it is. But you literally, you watch someone who is, like, diagnosed with, like, schizophrenia or something. And, like, they're actually, like... But he was diagnosed with schizophrenia. But it's, like, he's past that. Like, they're past that point. Like, they can't, like... They can't separate. Yeah. 
And like you watch just like videos of them just like sitting there versus like someone who's attempting to act insane Mm -hmm. and like it's so creepy because like you can tell they're trying too hard but like the other person is just like oh i gotta find the wall "Mm." well and it's not just that because it's like even just like the littlest like movement like you're just like (laughs) and people who are sitting there acting like it like they like sometimes they don't realize that they're being recorded or it's not on their mind at that time they'll be sitting there and then when the detectives come in They'll be acting like it. But then as soon as they leave, they'll just go mm-hmm. and sit back and, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, be mm-hmm. normal again. Oh, and then, okay. then when the investigators come back in, they'll sit there and like, oh. mm-hmm. and then the investigators leave again and then they just sit back. And that's why they do what they do, like mm-hmm. the leaving, the coming Come and going and stuff, because they want to see how many times they relax or yeah. whatever they're doing. So that way they how well their brain is working. Yeah. Actually, mm-hmm. can be like, <laughs> yeah, no. They're, they're not crazy. And some people will sit there and, like, work themselves up to it. They'll be, like, they'll they'll talk to themselves. Okay, this is, like, okay, they're going to come back in. They're going to come back in. We got to do it again. Like, this is what we got to do. And mm-hmm. so they're talking to themselves, working themselves up to make themselves look crazy. Okay. So then. I'll send you some YouTube videos. Yeah. So then April <laughs> of that same year, so April 1977, he ends up lighting his cellmate on fire. What the fuck? Yeah. Where's he getting this lighter fluid from? I don't know. How is he lighting? Take him out of the kitchen. I, I, I'm assuming that he's somewhere where he has the ability to grab these things because it's honestly not making sense to me how he's doing this. He's probably buying cigarettes and or stuff. he's lighting his shoes on fire. Hmm? They're flammable, oh, apparently. Um, Ew. So then in 1978, he ends up being moved to a hospital for. The, I don't know if that was it yet, the criminally charged or whatever. But then in March of 1978, he ends up slashing an inmate's throat. And then he was really moved again. To what? Solitary confinement. He wasn't in solitary before this. No. There's a story I'm going to tell y'all. But not right now. Uh, He was interviewed, I believe, for a documentary I think that there's also a book out that the interviewer did, just like giving all the information that he had given. And then... Dazed, crazed, and confused. Yeah, basically. <laughs> like, everything that he's saying, like, this is what... This is why I did it, and blah, 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 and this, this, and this, and whatnot. So then, March 26, 1996... Electric chair. Just kidding. No. He ends up dying because he had a seizure, and he choked on his own vomit. He was 59. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well... I don't even know what to say to that. Nothing. I can't. Nothing. There's nothing to say. Really? Thanks Congrats. again, Linda. Where's your missing person? I don't know. I don't have one. Find one. <laughs> Beep. Why? Because I've been holding that in since I came back. <laughs> Let me put a marker there. Because I see the little lines. There's <laughs> 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 a loud one, yeah. Oh, we know. <laughs> So, today's missing person is a missing juvenile by the name of Rihanna Alvarado from the 22nd District. The Philadelphia Police Department needs the public's assistance in locating 14-year-old missing juvenile Rihanna Alvarado. She was last seen on Friday, July 1st, 2022 at 12.15 p.m. on the 1600 block of North 15th Street. She is 5'2", 110 pounds, thin build, brown eyes, light brown hair, 
light brown complexion, and no clothing description given. Anyone with any information on Rihanna's whereabouts is asked to please contact Central Detectives Division at 215-686-3093 or at 911. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Hey, welcome. hey, 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 hey. Uh, I'm sending you, Leslie, a link in the podcast chat. And it's a criminal lawyer reacts to what pretending to be crazy looks like. I really like this criminal lawyer. Like, I, I watch a lot of his YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. He's very good at breaking it down. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. What? I really have to go through and organize this when I get home. Cause that Again? Was... No, not that. Just this one. As you can see, literally three different pages had like split Wait, ears on it. What's today? Why? I don't know. Just so we can say I think it's happy August. <gasps> is it 60? Because when to ghost is Leslie's birthday, right? No. No. It's August 2nd. Yeah. Happy August. why though i don't know because our little sister who's no longer here in this okay wow that sounds horrible that's how you said it that's literally how it was said no you make it sound horrible okay whatever her birthday is in august so happy early birthday you little shit mocker That means we got to get you on a couple of this for this month. Yeah, at least. we need to stick your big old booty in one of our episodes. I'll pick a good one. I'll pick. I got this. I got this. I got this. Mm-mm. Yeah, I got it. I know what I'm gonna do. But Lydia's got to be here. If she's not here, I ain't doing it. Well, you gotta tell her. I know. Yeah. Juliet. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Linda, your turn. What? Thank you for visiting us today on our podcast. This is Leslie signing out. Visit us on our Facebook, our Twitter, our Patreon, our non-existent TikTok because I can't log into it anymore because I don't know what the password is. Yeah, I <laughs> our <gotta> Instagram. <laughs> that's, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but you didn't give any of the handles. ECC the podcast. And our basically website is And you can also email us with any stories, suggestions, or anything like that uh, at eastcoastcreeping at gmail.com. And it'll probably be me answering, but that's yeah, fine. I'm not allowed to answer DMs or anything like that because I'm not allowed to look at anything. <laughs> yeah, Lily's not really allowed to know what we talk about, but she can, but she can't. I don't know. And if you want Leslie to research a story, just fucking let us know. And then we'll let her know. And then we'll be surprised. Make her do some work. Work I do do work. I know. No, hell no. I was sitting there talking about it. I was like, she makes the graphics. Hell no, you ain't catching me doing that shit. I I know. I know how. Mine would be like, oh, we've seen yours before. I don't know. I don't know. Posted one. If you go through our Instagram, you can find it. Is it one with me and Linda? No, negative. I don't know. I gotta look. Trust me, you can tell who's a graphic designer. (laughs) It ain't me. Okay. Anyways, everybody, have a good. I think it's August right now. We are not entirely sure if it is. Uh, We love you. (laughs) We do. All right. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Have a good week. <laughs> Thanks for listening to East Coast Creepin'. Cover art by Leslie Lozano.
Music from Premium Beat. Editing by Larry Bark at Revitalist Recording Studio. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at ECC the Podcast. Don't forget to rate and review. See ya!